Hello and welcome. You are listening to Navigating the Metaverse, where we interview trailblazers in the NFT and metaverse space who share their insider advice for how to do business in the Web 3.0 era. Your host is Maso DiBartolo. By the way, did you know that you can buy, sell, and trade virtual land inside of Upland, the metaverse that is mapped to the real world? You can download Upland on iOS or Android or enter it on the web by using the referral link in the show notes. Grab your special sign-up bonus of 6,000 UpX today and start rebuilding the world with others. With that being said, enjoy today's episode. And good morning, good evening, good afternoon, depending on where you are tuning in from, to another session of Navigating the Metaverse. We have a, an amazing lineup of uh, speakers today, and I have the pleasure to have uh, here Stella Xu, who is a VP of Foresight Venture and Investment Institution focused on blockchain technology and the crypto industry. Stella, what a pleasure to have you. Glad to see you guys. And uh, second in our panel, Benjamin Larcia goes with Benji, is a developer and product lead at CryptoVoxel, a virtual world powered by Ethereum blockchain, where players can buy land and build stores and art galleries. Benji, hi, how are you? Hi, pretty good. Thank you, Tom. Phenomenal. And last but not least, Carlos Pereira is the principal of Bitcraft Ventures, a global investment platform for gaming, Web3, and immersive technology. Nice to meet you, Carlos. Hey, hey. Nice to be here. Thank you. First of all, here to the audience, uh, obviously, uh, for those who are watching the video, um, uh, you might be seeing some, uh, some darker backgrounds. And the reason why is because Carlos, uh, Benji, and Stella are now dedicating their time on this podcast. They're being all in, uh, in uh, what is it, India, uh, uh, New Zealand, and Shanghai. Do I have it correctly, guys? Yeah. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. And this is all for the audience, right? To allow us to pick your brains on the topic about the metaverse. Actually, let me kick off things. Last year in October, a guy called Mark Zuckerberg with a huge responsibility of Facebook, right? He changed the name to Meta, right? And was presenting how this new world of immersive worlds, a mix between the real world and the physical, uh, but the real world and the digital world, right, would provide more ex experiences and immersive, um, gamified uh, emotions to us as a human being, right? Um, we are roughly six months uh, uh, after this date. What have we seen that has been actually working in the world of metaverse? And I would like to kick off things actually with, with Benji, right, you being at, at CryptoFox. So what has been working in the world of metaverses, Benjamin? Uh, so that, that was incredible. When, um, uh, when Zuckerberg announced that, I remember Ben, uh, Ben Nolan texted me on my phone. And he was like, yo, like, look at this video. And I checked it out and I was like, oh my God. And so it was really funny because the description of like what he wanted the metaverse to be was essentially what we were doing already. Like most of it, at least like, for example, being able to like share NFTs and that kind of thing and, and just travel around, build, build land and that kind of thing. And that was, that was, that was like kind of funny. And so it wasn't God given to be honest, like even for Carlos and Stella, maybe um, having such a mainstream like company being like, yo, this is the metaverse and this is what I can do. It was like a massive wave uh, of, of um, spotlight, like a massive spotlight 
on on the metaverse, regardless if if you're crypto excels or decentraland or anybody like that. And so for us, what is working is um, I actually had a a bunch of people come to me and they were like, "Hey, you actually like like you've got the centraland, but the cent um, like crypto excels feels like a more like a world that's like working more. Like it feels like it's actually working because you can get in there." And you don't have to load all the space all the, all the time. You're like straight up in the world. Um, and what is working? What is working? That's a very good question, actually. Now I think about it. Um, uh, the, well, first of all, buying buying your own land like that was that's like that works surprisingly well. Uh, depending on the chain, I guess you've got the gas fees that's in the way. Um, but just if it was whether like regardless of chain, it, it does work and it does prove your ownership mm -hmm. on the chain. And that's something that works else. Um, wow. Like I'm actually like, can you guys help me? Cause like this question is actually so broad. Like Sorry. for me that like, I'm like, that's awesome. Benji, so buying land is definitely something that uh, we have uh, seen working across multiple, right? Uh, metaverses. And I'm obviously, uh, I will be double clicking on that, but thank you so much so far. Carlos, what have you seen working in the industry of the metaverse? And this can be, you know, daily active users, this can be experiences or maybe integrations, right? Or, or even portability and interoperability. Mm -hmm. What is your experience so far that you see, well, Tommaso, this is what has been working? Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, I think that, that, that there's a vision of the metaverse uh, that hasn't arrived yet, which is probably something that people would tie to a Ready Player One fully immersive experience. And, and that's fine, right? I'm excited for that when it comes. But I, I do think that people understate the degree to which we already live in the metaverse. Um, you know, I, I, as a matter of fact, I will say that in, in a large part, like the metaverse is actually the pipes between the different apps we already use, right? The environment versus something fundamentally new, right? Like I'm on a digital call with you with a bunch of people that I've never had any physical interaction with. And before this, I was on my phone consuming information on one screen. And if I'm home, then I'm going to turn my video game on after this, and then I'm going to go back to my computer. And so you have a bunch of context switching between all of these different digital lives that we live, and you don't necessarily have them intermediated through a single avatar, right? I mean, people know who you are, but it's like, I have this account and this account and this account, but we already live digital lives. The majority of our time is spent behind screens with digital interactions. And so in my mind, we're already in the metaverse. It just doesn't feel that way because every time we go from one place in the metaverse to another place in the metaverse, we turn one screen off and we go back to the physical world and we open one screen again, right? And so I think all of the metaverse is already working. It just doesn't feel that way because the pipes aren't built. So that's, that, that's that. can I kind of just point on this? It, it, to me, Dan, it sounds like you're defining the metaverse as, okay, well, first of all, um, I think the metaverse is not like just like crypto besides, for example. I don't think it's one single place. I agree with you. I think it's a whole context where all the virtual worlds can be together and it doesn't have to be a virtual world. It can be like a whole, who knows what it's going to be. Um, but pointing on what you're saying, it sounds like you could almost define the metaverse as just the internet then. 
I think it's it, it can't be the internet because the internet's just uh, connectivity infrastructure, but it's a lot of the things that we do in the internet, right? It's it's uh, yeah. the conversations, it's the communities. To some extent, it's the consumption of information, but that feels a little bit less like the metaverse. But it's certainly, um, I can't imagine a metaverse without the internet, but the metaverse is not the internet. Okay, Carl, Carlos is defining as the pipes between what we do. Stella, actually, let me, given the fact that we are now drifting into the mode of definition of interpretation, right? I don't think that there is a an interpretation of metaverse, right? What's your interpretation of that? What would you like to share with our audience, Stella? Um, yeah, yeah. I actually, uh, we do uh, do some research about different uh, uh, metaverse. And so I think uh, we, uh, as, as us as uh, a human being, we have to find a digital me, uh, the digital twins of the person in the uh, real world uh, and into the metaverse. So the first thing is we, we have to find the uh, definition uh, or identity in, in this place and then we can uh, do some content we can be the content creator and designers in the metaverse world so we also need some machines like the VR uh, VR or XR things um, to uh, get the more specific specific um, things in the, this world and then uh, the last things we can do the social gaming uh, in this world and uh, to contact with the people so I think the most important things is that we need to uh, actually live in this world uh, metaverse not just uh, we uh, create a virtual world to pretend we, we have to live in that place so uh, that's how things I, I want to uh, share actually Thank you so much, so um, you're saying Go ahead, please, Benjamin. Yes. Sorry, Tom. Um, this, this, what you just said about identity and like the, the digital me um, could not have been any more timely. Uh, I just had a, a call, a video call with some um, thesis students asking me about um, what the, the, the potential risks, like security risk in, in the virtual world or in the metaverse. And I, I think one big risk and one big issue is definitely identity because. Um, as much as you can mint your own NFT as that defines your name, or as much as you can have your own avatar, someone else could do the exact same thing, make your same... Like, imagine Ready Player One, someone makes the same character as the main character, so he looks exactly the same, but the name is, like, just a tiny bit different. And then he could just live and say he's he's the main character. Um, and, and, yeah, I don't think it, it's going to be weird, but, like, one solution could be to just like digitalize your face and then link that to your wallet and, and nobody's going to do that because nobody wants that. I love this topic of identity and uh, interpretation and exp expressing yourself also in a, in a digital world, right? Carlos, what, 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 are you, what are you seeing in terms of uh, your, your investment or, or maybe even deals coming in, right, that are trying to tackle exactly that identity in the metaverse? Yeah, we've, we've invested actively in the space. Um, the two uh, uh, main investments we have in identity are Spruce ID, which is a, um, uh, a, a more storage uh, protocol primitives um, solution for decentralized storage. And um, thinking about decentralized storage in the context of building the infrastructure that you need for, uh, for self-sovereign identity, right? So... Um, how can I how can I store information and distribute information in a way that um, 
that I'm only telling people what I want to say, right? So for example, if you were trying to build, and I'm not necessarily saying it's a good idea, but if you were trying to build some type of Web3 Uber, um, all that I need to prove is that I have a driver's license. And what in fact happens if I give you my driver's license is I'm proving my name and my gender and all these other things, right? And so like we can imagine that um, if you're able to store data in a better way, um, you can start using whether it's ZK proofs or other methodologies to only disclose what, what you have to disclose to who you have to disclose that is different at any for any different um, application or person, right? So they're a much more um, tech heavy solution. Um, and then I'd say one layer above from Spruce, uh, we have Disco. Um, and Disco is working on uh, credentials. And so um, there's a lot of discourse around um, uh, non-transferable social tokens. Vitalik has written something called Soulbound. Um, but basically, how can we um, uh, issue uh, credentials in Web3 and then use those credentials um, to, to, to build reputation or to build identity, um, which is something super relevant even now, for example, in the context of DAOs uh, or like a lot of, um, for example, if you're a, a developer for Yearn, um, and you've done amazing work for Yearn and you want to go and now work for um, for a DAX. I don't know, you want to go to Uniswap or something like that. Um, you have to basically have someone that says, oh, I know this guy. He worked on Yearn or girl, he worked on Yearn. I will vouch for him or her and now you go here. But you don't really have a, a good way of proving what you've done, right? You don't have a certificate um, that lets you carry your reputation, especially in a world that's predominantly um, anonymous, right, in an easy way. And so Disco is working on, um, on uh, credential solutions, um, except that they're not taking the path of uh, doing it through non-transferable social tokens because they have um, objections to the NTST model and they're doing it in a little bit of a different way, but that's our investment there. And then the third step of it where we haven't deployed capital yet, but where we think it's fundamentally an identity bet is NFTs. Um, in our new fund, um, we, have, um, we have the ability to invest in NFTs I wouldn't expect us to invest in um, in sort of small up and coming mint style NFTs, but our thesis is if you look at the blue chip NFTs, uh, predominantly things that are being used as PFPs. Like what you have there is a high status identity good where someone wants to say, "Hey, here's who I am in the metaverse," right? And like I've certainly like I've used my own NFT as a PFP for long enough that I've had people walk up to me in real life situations and say, "Oh, you're the Toad," right? And it's like, I guess I am. Um, so we see we see the NFTs um, as being predominantly an identity bet, and for the demand coming from people who want to present themselves in a certain way in a certain community, right? And so that's like the third um, piece there. That's phenomenal! Congratulations on your investment and also the breakdown and the perspective of the multiple layer. <laughs> Stella, what are your experiences in terms of in, in the identity in, uh, in in the metaverse? What are you seeing? What is uh, potentially a next step and a, an upcoming uh, trend in, in, in that in that area? Mm -hmm. So actually, we we do uh, we do some uh, research about the uh, the ID, and I think that is a different, especially the layer two of infra is so complete. So we want to dig up some layer uh, zero uh, things of all for the DID and a different ecosystem, such as our team uh, look for some near and also. Uh, the Cosmos uh, uh, and Polka, Polkadot, uh, uh, some DID project before. And uh, uh, for me, I think uh, um, we, we have to find a um, digital uh, 
digital digital beings first, then then we will look to the how the environment in uh, the into entering the uh, metaverse. So I I look for the uh, good uh, another one is uh, the game engine. So uh, we we all know there is a uh, lots of big brands such as Unreal and uh, Unity. So this is uh, basic things to enter the metaverse, and uh, then I think it could be more uh, open source uh, game entity to help the project side too, uh, and also the more uh, developers to uh, create um, more functions in the met different metaverse. So in the future, I think we can do the social and the game things in the uh, met in, in the different metaverse world. So uh, that's the things is we, uh, which project can uh, build a bridge for that. So I think the build a bridge project is very important. So I'm, I'm still looking for those kind of projects. When you say a bridge, you, um, you said, so you're saying like a bridge between projects, between dApps, essentially. Is that it's right, good. Stella? Yeah. Like a, like a bridge between dApps? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I, I agree with you. Because um, So I, I tried to contact Decentraland recently um, because I had these ideas um, to like these different projects to implement for CryptoWork sales, uh, for example, uh, we want to implement achievements. Like you, are oh, you finally discovered this part of the world? Way congratulations! And you want to, we want to create them, and we want to create like so many other things. But then we're like, hey, what's the point of like the metaverse, the metaverse, and what's the point of decentralization if this like crypto excels as its own like achievement system or its own NFT emotes and all this stuff, and then decentralization has its own as well. Like we may as well have one like central standard and then we all agree on this is how we do shit and then we can like all support it, pardon my language, and then we can all support it and use it um, together. And that way it's like decentralized and it's actually something you can use in like cross apps. Um, and so I tried to contact Decentraland with no success. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and, and so we actually purposely did not release those yet because we're, we're trying to like, that's essentially what Facebook is trying to do, isn't it? Because in their video, they, they said they wanted to become the standard in like making like that bridge to like, so that you could have a standard of like an NFT metadata or something like that across the applications, which is scary. I guess we don't want Facebook to be there, but if they like, we need someone to lead the initiative. And I did get contacted about someone that wanted to do it, but we've gotten nothing so far. So mm -hmm. Is it going to be crypto that have to start it or? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I heard, uh, I did talk with some NFT projects before. So they, they have the different uh, infra with uh, Metaverse. So when they want, they have the willing to enter uh, like the decentralized or sandbox. But they, they, the, the, the uh, engine cannot fit uh, between each other, especially for some artist, uh, artist uh, NFT project and also some leisure project. Uh, such as UNXD, I think they, I talked with them before. before. So uh, they, if they want to enter the decentralized or other projects, they can't, uh, the, the, the metaverse cannot fit the quality of, of them. So I think this should be a problem for that. And how are we going to handle the uh, security risk in going from uh, one uh, <laughs> blockchain to the next? So what, 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 are, what is the... What is it that uh, we are aiming to 
apply there uh, when you transfer one asset to the other or one identity to the other? How we handle it there? My God, ben, you're thinking already on a solution the way you are looking, right? 4 a.m. in in Australia. <laughs> have we seen <sighs> something? Are we seeing? I, I think. Uh, uh, and and recent invested in a platform like this, right? That uh, it was focused on uh, bridging assets from one uh, chain to the next chain. Are we seeing more and more of those plays coming uh, into the market? I, I think that um, interoperability uh, has was uh, a strong Q1 2022 theme, right? I feel like the market sort of goes in waves and the, the Q1 2022 wave was very heavy with interoperability pitches. Um, I honestly don't think that the tech that the tech aspect is is the hardest one to solve, right? I think so far people have tried it in two ways. Um, there are the companies that have their own IP that they're trying to distribute to others, right? So they're trying to centralize centralize in that it comes from one company, right? They may still be de decentralizing their ownership, but they're trying to centralize avatar creation and then incentivize others instead of building their own avatar systems to rely on theirs, right? And, and in that case, you're mostly targeting the long tail of smaller up-and-coming IP who'd be willing to outsource avatar uh, creation basically to someone else because usually that's something that you really want to have in-house. Um, and then the second approach is saying, hey, you know, you can bring your assets here. Um, the, the reality is, um, especially as uh, game creation or world creation is um, um, centralized in things like Unity and Unreal, um, we already have, I think, for a lot of the world, um, an idea of, of um, a shared standards for those assets, right? Like anything that's built on Unity, at least like from the very basis of it, like they are all built from Unity. Um, the issue, I think, has more to do with with network effects and like everyone, like everyone wants their avatar to win, right? It's it's a very difficult business model um, for you to incentivize people to 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 be open, right? And I think even like in the beginning of the market, you can have everyone pitching interoperability because they all want to sell NFTs and they don't have enough domestic traffic in their own app, and so they say, oh, but you can take it anywhere, right? And so that's a way of you trying to bump up assets. But in reality, at scale, as soon as any one company starts to win, like um, I fundamentally believe that Web3 can do amazing things. And there's a lot of things that will be different between Web2 and Web3. But I also believe that the way that companies like you look at Activision, for example, like all the dudes that run Activision that today are seen as like the corporate greedy octopi that want to suck everything out of everyone. Like they were just like nerds making video games 30 years ago. Right. Like they were the guys that were like, screw the man. We're just going to make games. We don't want anything corporate and traditional. And then you go there and you make billions of dollars and you build a business and you have shareholders and you're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute here. We got to we got to draw some lines. So I'm not necessarily convinced that human nature is different in Web3. And I think that over the long term, the challenge with interoperability is not technology. It's actually having an incentive system that incentivizes people to stay open. Okay, Metaverse Nation, great news. If you're enjoying this episode, you'll love our book. Written by our lovely co-hosts and industry leaders in the NFT and Metaverse space, we published an in-depth guide for how to succeed in the new Web 3.0 environment. How can you as a brand or a company capitalize on the momentum? How are others doing it? We demystify the industry and potential for you. The link to the book is listed in the show notes, or you can simply look for the Navigating the Metaverse book on Amazon or visit our website at themetaversebook.me. 
But let's get back to the show. Uh, uh, from my point of view, I will, I will a little bit like I totally agree with your point uh, that people will definitely want their avatar to win, and therefore they will like go for that one NFT collection. Uh, but from my point of view of 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 trying to like implement features and, and bug fixes into crypto excels, it's actually felt like the opposite. It's, it felt like um, yes, you do have these like popular collections coming in, and therefore people want them. And so you're like, ah, all right, let's support this. And then you've got all this other tiny thing coming in, and it it just feels like you gotta like support everything. And that that I think that's where the tech limitation comes in. It's like it's easy to support one thing, but when you gotta support all these decentralized projects, first of all, you gotta know what they are, where they're from, and are they safe? And there's so many different things. And I think that's something um, like if you think of the movie Ready Player One, it's like oh, it's beautiful. So many, so much user content, so much like. People can do whatever they want, but that's like, as long as we don't have that thing that says, ah, oh, yeah, they can do whatever they want, but is it safe? Is it good for the other users? Like, we've got, like, it's It's just, you can do so much in crypto sales, but like 60% of it could be nefast, like dangerous for the other users, that you could easily just script something that, that fucks, sorry, language again, that, this, <laughs> that like is bad for the client um, or like your neighbor. And it's so scary. So um, are you are you are you implying then here, Benji, that you need a centralized regulation or a or a DAO that basically manages manages what ultimately what kind of rule how you how you bring your identity into the next one is this is this kind of your your thought process right now? So uh, <laughs> I could basically see what this decentralized is going. centralized but on a blockchain. Yeah, it's so um, it's, it's something that the community brings up quite often. They're like, ah, oh, this is why you need DAO so that people can like tell you what, what is good, what is not. What I don't like and the reason we don't have a DAO is we haven't seen one that worked perfectly yet. So it's, yeah, you've got some that works, but will they work in the long term? Is it really a good govern, governance system? And then what if you've got big pockets? Then what's the difference between a, uh, a board of corporate directors and and the DAO that's got big pockets. Um, but the, 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 yeah, yeah, we're in this situation where um, the crypto dev team ends up being like a government and decides the rules where, uh, of like what is being a good neighbor and like what is wrong, what is right. And it's very interesting. Like it's such an interesting social experiment to, to yeah, to be in, to be part of. Um, I don't want like I think I think in long term it should be something more decentralized like a like a like like a, yeah I don't know that's something we I would love for you guys to put your input um, put your opinion. So have you seen a a DAO in place uh, that uh, structures uh, uh, long term or I mean long term we haven't been around for that much right with the entire industry but at least some working elements uh, through a DAO or community that uh, votes and, and identities that are recognized or assets that are recognized as such it can be uh, transported and interoperability works. Is this something that you have seen working or? Yeah, uh, for me, I think Flamingo Doll and also like the other one named the 
pretty pretty tall. I, I think I, I saw that before. I think those kind of projects they will, they will go through. And also, I think the the one things the door have to build up by the interest. Some just for some people they they are focused on the art. Some people they focused on games. So they were willing to. Um, um, put their efforts in the doll and also um, build up to it together. So I think and it's a one more thing is very important is the good master to uh, do the governance. So I think there if there not not exist the, the reward ecosystem, so the people will not uh, be long term enjoying the doll and also the they think there's no punishment uh, for for this doll. So, so, so if they want to leave, they have to say, oh, um, I don't have any more time to put on this doll. So, so I think it's a long-term long uh, things. But now, uh, actually, I'm looking for uh, this part of things, but I didn't invest in this uh, part. And okay. Yeah. So, so maybe... Uh, and I think some art doll is very interested, um, interesting. So can uh, they can attract lots lots of artists to uh, join in, and also celebrities join the um, um, doll to to put their efforts. So so that's okay. that's a way for them. Let's zoom out in the last couple of minutes together on one uh, other perspective. We've been talking about a couple of things: uh, DIDs, uh, DAOs. Uh, and uh, decentralized storage and whatnot. Let's uh, switch into the topic of the digital world, how this connects into the metaverse. What is your perspective, Carlos? When is this going to be a use case that it's valuable and tangible? Um, I'm not sure I understand the question. I'm sorry. From a digital perspective, connecting the, the, the real world, the, the, the physical world with the digital world, if you... What is your vision on when you believe that this interconnection where at the center you have a reward mechanism, which is on a reward system, right? You will see this um, taking place. Right now, it's primarily digital, right? And we have been discussing about the digital world and the rewards around the tokenomics uh, in the digital world, right? Do you have a vision about the connection of the physical world and uh, the digital world? Does it make sense where I'm going with this? Yeah, I mean... I feel like those incentive structures already exist. Um, in general, they are obscure to the consumer in a way that probably uh, underpays them, right? But when I'm using my credit card to pay for things in the physical world, I'm accumulating loyalty points. When I fly, right, I accumulate miles. Like you're, you're, I, I feel like there tends to be a rewards network. Um, but... Like basically, it's a it's this little scrap retention UA thing that the top goes sort of throws at you, versus um, um, uh, uh, an incentive distribution scheme that is made to to orchestrate a network and to basically um, decentralize governance and, and sort of like so you know if you think about the the distribution of tokens or the distribution of token based incentives as the creation of a network. Um, and you're looking at your at everyone receiving that token as a stakeholder, um, as a partner in a network, as an equal in a way. Um, you will probably give them very different economics, especially in the beginning, um, than you would in the current system where you're mostly going to scale by spending dollars, and then after you're at scale, giving away these loyalty points 
for retention, right? Um, so I think like on the crypto on the on, on crypto based incentives, there's a prioritization of using tokens up front to solve the to cold start problem, which over incentivizes the consumer. And I think that to the extent you're using that in physical products, um, you'd probably see a similar thing. Um, but it doesn't like that to me strikes me more as a um, a continuous linear innovation than something that is truly revolutionary because I feel like we are already incentivizing the physical world too. Just not a lot. Okay. Okay. What's your perspective, Estella? Yeah, I have to say there is a scenario. You do you, do you know the Pokemon Pokemon Go? Do you play that before? So I think there's a lots of project now. They use uh, Nantic to VPIs, uh, virtual positioning system. They look for can operate with Coachella, Tomorrowland. This uh, a constant uh, to work together to let people to join the uh, matter uh, to join the crypto worlds. So that's a good way in this this uh, this stage. So let more people to join the world and uh, use the position. Uh, to collect the new NFTs and uh, to to know how this fantasy in the crypto world, and also they want to play and uh, to purchase the more and more NFTs and enjoy the music. So I think maybe this is a, a new world in the in, in later because uh, because uh, uh, there is many countries they, they don't have any more the lockdown, so people have to want to join the uh, concert and also to uh, to see the. Uh, more uh, place and to collect the things. So, so I think maybe in the future, uh, we well, the VR, VR, AI, and uh, XR is could be the one things to let more people to join the world and good can have a con good connection with uh, some metaverse, uh, especially. Uh, um, I know uh, there are some projects they do have the connection with Ready Player Me and Genius. So they use Avatar to um, let the people uh, to join the, the, the new things. So um, maybe Benjamin have uh, have a good idea about that. Yeah, so I was actually going to relate to both what Carlos and Stella said because um, they both made like really good points. And, and I think it's actually true. Um, to I think what's going to be like you, you, you've got that bridge. We need that bridge between like every apps we use. Mm -hmm. and at the same time, it's more something. Um, I want something more. No, not tangible, but it has to be feel more tangible. And we don't think actually Ben uh, really thinks, uh, and Mark Zuckerberg too apparently, um, that the future of the the metaverse as we know it is not really in VR as we've seen in Ready Player Me. Uh, they think it's more going to be AR and augmented and, and um, like mixed reality where you can just be sitting at my table right now and you guys are actually like um, uh, like in Star Wars, I forgot the name of it, uh, like like representations in, in my virtual world, like in my physical world, you are here standing next to me. Yeah, holograms. And then where everything is like essentially like a, an AR. And so if I've got like a little cup here that looks like virtual, but it's actually a cup that's like in world, some in some virtual world, I don't know. Um, and yeah, and so you could have your apps like opening in front of you like this. And then you can just, it's still like not quite the perfect bridge, but it is now mixing essentially the virtual world with the physical world. And it's mm -hmm. one thing. And that could link to what Carlos was saying just before, where we are already in the metaverse. It's just not a perfect bridge yet. 
Yeah, so we are already doing it, but definitely we are all seeing a next generation of it of where rewards are more valuable, right? Tokenized, more immersive from, uh, from the physical experience, right? Uh, holograms, for instance, right? And uh, maybe more also ID-centric where the identity is actually really meaning something because you have been wandering from one one world to the to the next world right and so you really know with whom you are talking and uh, and uh, you have it all there in, in front of you well and with that we could talk for hours about that I want to be respectful of you Tino it's super late thank you so much Stella Benjamin and Carlos I always like to wrap up things and this can be a very short answer right take me three years down the road what's the metaverse for you Stella um it's hard to say. <laughs> um, it is. Um, maybe Benjamin first. Uh, let me let me think Who about. Who wants to go first? Who has a, a vision, oh, yeah, a vision yeah, of you, three years down want, the road? Benjamin. She wants to, she wants to <laughs> dig in my mind. So <laughs> I think so. I've got a very. Bro I, I keep saying the same thing. So my definition of the metaverse is: it's not one virtual world. It's going to be all of them in one like combined. It's it's not also a virtual world. It, it can be a whole. It's a whole ecosystem. And so to me, what the metaverse is, is being able to be in one, I'm going to take the virtual world as an example, but it's being able to be in one virtual world, have a, like your friends with you, being able to talk together like in a voice chat, and, and you've got your own collectibles, whatever, like your little, little avatar, and being able to go like from crypto excels, for example, being able to go from crypto excels to substrata, then back to Decentraland, and then to meta and then come back to crypto excels and bring alongside your friends your voice chat everything with you follows you whatever you're wearing should be in all of these metaverses everything you're doing should be like like seamless across all of these that's what i think Thank it you, will be carlos uh very very similar view um i think that three years is probably too soon for that um i think that's the ultimate vision um, I would hope that in three years we have at least one single platform that offers a very diverse user experience um, that not only attracts multiple different kinds of users interested in different types of games or digital experiences, but also allows one user to have what today are a bunch of different games on my console, basically, um, or different experiences that all are happening in one place. And all of that happening um, within a digital economy that um, allows for a significant slice of labor to be happening online, right? So it's both a supply ecosystem or a, like a, um, uh, actually a demand ecosystem of people who are demanding digital experiences and also a slice of that market um, where the supply comes from UGC or from individuals that are delivering that experience and working digitally in that world, right? So I think it's both consumption and labor um, across diverse experiences that today we view as disconnected. But I think within three years, um, best case would be to have it within one large platform versus multiple platforms connected. Um, although over 10 years, then, then I'd say the same as Benji. Yeah, um, I have the answer. So as an investor, yeah, as an investor, so we definitely have the things for the metaverse. So that's why we invest in this area. So, uh, but the things uh, is whether the 
the the voice can the voice can cannot meet the needs for the people to uh, enter the metaverse to communicate and uh, social uh, and play games and to um, have the complete uh, economy ecosystem uh, and also the people do um, like. Uh, uh, like to meet the needs of the art, something. So I think that the, the thing is whether the three years can meet those needs and also let attract enough people to enter. And do uh, also they will attract more people to do the creator economy in this whole ecosystem. Then they will do the inter, inter ecosystem to attract more people uh, external people. So that, that's the things uh, I, I totally agree with Carlos' uh, ideas. Three years is too uh, short. So maybe 10 years they can meet all the needs. Uh, the people can totally live in the metaverse. Hopefully, I'm still young in 10 years. <laughs> and with that, I think, I think to, to, to Tom, um, I think a follow up question that can be for your next speak is is are we going to see a, a totally new different system to support the metaverse in, in 10 years or are we still going to rely on crypto and is crypto going to still be around? That's a good question right there. I mean, uh, it's, it's your, it's, I'm happy to, to go another round. Uh, I would say, I would say we stop it here and uh, I would like to thank you so much, Benjamin. I know it's super, well, it's, it's early or late, right? You said at the beginning it was 4 a.m., right? So <laughs> it must be like something okay. around 4 a.m. I really enjoyed it. Carlos, thank you so much. Stella, it was such a pleasure to have you. And with uh, this future back vision of Carlos, Benjamin, and Stella, I invite the audience uh, to check in at the next episode. And as always, I'll meet you in the Metaverse. Thank you for listening. Another quick reminder about our referral code for Upland, the Earth's metaverse where you can flip virtual properties, become a MetaVentures entrepreneur, or just connect with other like-minded players to rebuild the world together. Download Upland on iOS, Android, or web today using the referral link in the show notes and get a 6,000 UpX sign-up bonus. Just a quick disclaimer, the information shared on this show is for entertainment purposes only. This is not investment advice. Thank you for joining us and see you in the metaverse.